Today's cold open is brought to you by Silver Dreamer on Twitch.tv. <laughs> so, way to bring yourself there, bud. So, <laughs> Don't think I wasn't going to let that go. <laughs> well, because I've told this story oh, to a handful of people already, okay. but like I haven't okay. told it to you slash the pod because it happened, you know, four days ago, and we haven't yeah. recorded since then. So I did my first quarterly all day stream. That's right. How'd that it go? Was awesome. Had a great good. time. Good, 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 good. Got rated, but so another friend of the channel of another one of my friends, I don't know how to talk about it, yeah. trying to keep the two separate, but they had their their big partner anniversary stream nice. and they raided my channel Hell at the yeah. end of it. And so like uh, they rated with 411 viewers. Oh my mind God. blowing. I know that's how to amazing. This story has nothing to do with that, but it's just kind of like one of the highlights of the day. Yeah, it's amazing. So for these all day streams, I want to build some of the larger multi-thousand piece sets. Uh-huh. Or at least start on, you know, get yeah. a good jump on. Uh so for this first one, I started building uh Mecha Godzilla. Okay. Anyone who follows me on any oh. of my social media has seen at yep. least one of those posts. Yep. I've seen four thousand pieces. So pieces. With these like third-party sets, it's always a gamble on the packaging. Oh, okay. That <laughs> you get. And so when I ordered this like months ago, came in cardboard shipping box or just a cardboard box that they just okay. wrapped tape around the entire thing and slapped the shipping sticker on that. Okay. So you open, so you open up the 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 box and like the instruction booklet and the bags are right inside that box. Like there's no like. Mm. presentation box sure. like within it, you know like yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no commercial box whatever yeah so you're like okay cool there's a bunch of bags cool moving on so wednesday morning rolls around get the get the book pull it out pull out all the bags check it out okay i have up to bag nine cool uh, uh-huh. so i start placing out one through nine yeah i i don't have bag three Oh. And I'm like, oh, oh, guys, guys, this could be a problem. However, there's also a bunch of loose bricks in the box. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, guys. <laughs> oh, also, okay. If you're, if anyone who's like opened up like a Lego building, a, a Lego set, there's like, they have the numbered bags and within the bag, sometimes there's smaller unnumbered bags that go yes. with bag two or bag three okay. or whatever. There's like 10 of those <laughs> just in the box of just those like smaller square, just loose piece okay. bags. Okay. So There's you did like an inadvertent chaos build? Sort of. Okay. Because the the setup gets keeps going. <laughs> so oh God. With also with Lego sets, sometimes you're doing bag two and there's multiple bags labeled bag two. Yeah. So I have bag one. Bag two, no bag three, two bag fours, two bag fives. No. Six, seven, eight, nine. Weird. Okay, fine. Whatever. Are the, so are, I was the, like, are the duplicated numbers, do they contain the same pieces? Do you, do you just have extra pieces? No. Is this Is this a Leonardo, Leonardo building from Ikea situation? <laughs> they don't contain the same pieces. Same pieces. Pieces left. Right, the second bag four and the second bag five had a bunch of blue pieces. 
So it was clear that they were different grabs. Okay. So I'm like, okay, let's, let's do this. So we're, let's, let's charge through yeah. when we get to bag three. Yeah. If we can, if we have the pieces lying around, we're good. Sure. So going through, get to bag one. Cool. Bag two. Cool. Yeah. Bag three. Cool. Oh. Get to bag four. Open up bag, both bag four. Bag doors, three wasn't the problem then. Bag three. Bag three was not the problem. Okay. Open up bag both bag fours, pour them out. And then I'm telling, I, I finished bag fours and <sighs> we get to bag five. And I was like, guys, when we finish bag four, yeah. let's go through the instruction booklet and see, you know, like what bag should like make sure we have all the bags kind of thing. Yeah. So I go to the last pages. The last bag is bag A5. Oh no. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> I don't have an A5. And then, so now I'm like, well, shit. So now we're going through, there's bag A1, A2, A3, A4, A5. Yeah. There's also a bag 10. There are 15 bags <laughs> on this in this instruction book. I received 10 bags. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, so I look at my bag, I look at my bag fives that I haven't opened yet. One is labeled five, the other yeah. is labeled five with an A sticker on it. Oh my god. <laughs> it's just, it's literally just like a plastic sticker A. <sighs> that they slapped on the bag. It's not even printed. Like it's, it's a full on sticker. I can tear this off. So I, I'm flashback to my two, to my two bag fours. There was an A sticker on one of the fours. Yeah. I just didn't think anything of it. Right. So now, we, so now gears are turning. So like now Adrenaline we're like, oh, setting in. Yeah. <laughs> so, I have bag bag one, two, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, A four and A five. <laughs> I'm missing <laughs> bag bags three and ten through A three. But three didn't end up being a problem. T- three was not a problem. Friday's stream comes along. I'm like, so we finished up to bag six. Okay. Friday's stream came along and I was like, guys, we have to get to bag 10 just to see. Yeah. So Charge through it was like another six hour stream. Jeez. We finished bag 10. We have bag 10. Okay. So wait, wait, where was it? Wait, wait, how does that even pieces? Pieces? <laughs> like the loose pieces? They were in yeah, other I, bags. We have yet there have yet to be a missing piece that I've had to like supplement for. Okay. These loose bricks and these unlabeled <laughs> mini bags have covered everything so far. Okay. So we Real finished bag 10. Act. Yes. So now we have the five A bags to get through. Yeah. It's been a hell of an adventure and I'm having so much fun, but it's so weird. <laughs> um, but anyway. Very different the from the, the Lego quality control. Right. Yeah. Here's the body of Mechagodzilla. It's already taller than Optimus Prime. It's <laughs> just shy of... Voltron without it, without his head, yeah. it is, it's it's late. The tail is like a foot and a half long. It's wild. Oh my God, it, it's been so much fun. But yeah, it's a it lot was of bricks. 
a hell of an adventure. Yeah, 4,000 bricks, man. It's no joke. So my June all-day stream is going to be the Bumblebee building brick set that I have. Oh, I thought you were going to say making sense of whatever the fuck is going on. <laughs> Writing a thesis statement <laughs> back to Block Zone to be like, listen, <laughs> you guys need to work on something here. <laughs> but yeah, so that was just a really random story of my life that I was given two-thirds of the bags that I was supposed to, but I so far have all of the pieces. That's, you know, that says something good for their quality control. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, the the piece presence is more important than the bag labels. Yes. Okay. Definitely. We did, and- we're all human inside, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's no, we don't use labels like human and mutant. We're all just living beings. <laughs> you know, they gave you a good scare. But, yeah. yeah. Oh Lord. What a what a what a what what a day. What a day it was. It was a lot well, of fun. Anyway. I'm so glad you had a good time and that the stream went well. Me too. Thank you. <laughs> what are we doing here? What is this? Well, by the way, I, I have one more thing to to, oh, to, bring to, it. Ba- to badger you with. No, this is okay. not. I just I noticed that you said however, and often you say however, comma. However, comma. And you said comma for me. I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm wondering if you have other punctuation. Is, is there ever like a a situation that calls for that like I verbally, a however, that I semicolon, say however, M dash? No, I do say dot, dot, dot sometimes. Yeah. Okay. But dot, 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 also known as ellipsis, but uh, <laughs> dot, 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 and comma, I think are the only ones that I actually say out loud. Okay. Oh, and, and like automatopoeia for gasp i say gasp sure but yeah that's about it you know what i like is the um everyone does the finger quotes Mm -hmm. no one ever does the hand parentheses i'm a big fan of just if if i have if i need to mark a parenthetical statement while i'm talking just yeah you do that (laughs) (laughs) okay not much (laughs) i mean that's what aliens is right (laughs) <laughs> that's what he does aliens I i've never actually seen the history channel clip that that's from i've god don't get me started it's just like what, what a terrible thing does that say about our culture that that shit is on the history channel somebody's like turns on the tv and is like i want to learn about history and it's all of this absolute horseshit anyway Okay, Let's, if if you want to learn about history at two in the morning, yeah, like best time to learn about history. That's the. Do you that, even that's know who you're talking throw the about? Ball at you. I, that's when I'm on there the six at tabs deep on Wikipedia. <laughs> I am <laughs> binging mm-hmm. history at two in the morning. Yeah, when if that's when you're getting your history kick, you deserve to get a curveball. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> the History Channel meme about that is actually hilarious. Of just like yeah. History Channel at two in the afternoon. And it's like General Custard, World War II. Yeah, it's just it, like it, it, no, it's it, it really the, it's you know, like, the creation of Mount Rushmore, yada yada yada. And then at like 1 a.m., it's like the involvement of aliens in <laughs> the creation of uh, the pyramids and Stonehenge and how they're connected. <laughs> It's 20 hours of Hitler and then four hours of aliens. It's the most useless fucking channel on television. And that's saying a lot. Oh, man. 
Yeah, at least you can say that when you're watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians, it's it's <laughs> it's pop culture references. Yeah, so at least it's like know. I mean, all of reality television isn't actually true. It's all artifice, but Yeah, like, but they're all set in the same universe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're getting away from ourselves here. Sorry, I I just, I couldn't help myself. This is Hype is My Superpower. It is a podcast, and it's a podcast where we talk about the things that we're hyped about, namely comic books. We are speedrunning through some, the month of uh, X. some, yeah, Krakoa era X Men in the trials of X slash Reign of X era because they come out. X is coming up. Yeah, they come out in a weird order, and we've been behind in our reading of those compared, or Will's been behind in those compared to his reading in other Marvel. AXE is coming out, and that's going to fuck all of this shit up. And so, hey, look at that. We're just reading a lot of Krakoa. Yeah, because like there's actually, I know next to nothing about AXE, but I do know one feat of a yeah. mutant that happens in AXE that I don't entirely agree with. However, um, I see the setup for it. Okay. Uh, in these two volumes. Okay. And then we'll, we can talk about it if you want to know what I know, but I, I just have one question and this will, this will be a teaser. The muffin the, man. The, the, this <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this will be a teaser for the content of our episode. Okay. It's because you said a feat of a mutant. Is that mutant Bobby Drake? Yes. <laughs> okay. Got it in one. Got it in one, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is indeed Bobby Drake is the mutant in, in quote-unquote question. All right, well, let's party. Trials of X Ge- Well, so general response to these two volumes? Yeah, it feels like, I mean, we're we're ending an era. Mm. Things are wrapping up lots of, you know, we've already had the wrap up of Way of X. We've already had the wrap up of New Mutants, although we get kind of an epilogue issue here. We already had the wrapping up of X Corp and Sword, it seems like. And so, yeah, this this seems like, uh, you know, we're we're kind of we're winding down the uh, the Reign of X slash Trials of X era. And we're moving on to something else. Mm. What about you? For me, so compared to seven and eight, this felt like we're going to start running again. Mm. Like where where seven and eight felt like the lull, this kind of felt like people got their second breather. Titles were just like, okay, we're ready to start like paying off some of the random stuff that we had like laid out or like yeah. the natural character arcs for some of the characters who have been um, not flexing their character muscles that they've had in the past. <laughs> Once again, are you talking about Bobby Drake? This, so this time I'm talking about brand. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Cause like she's Abigail always fucking been, brand. She's always been 
the space Nick Fury. Like she's yes. always had her shit together. She's always yes. got plans within plans. And her role in Sword lately, in this version of Sword, the Sword, the title, not Sword, the organization, right. has been a little more militant, check in by the book type yeah, stuff. Yeah, administrative. Yeah, but she, but like the all of her memos have been giving us this like giving yeah. us the insight into her train of thought that is the that reminds us that this is the brand that we're dealing with right and her cameos in other crossover events yeah i'm just like empire man yeah and it's just like ah oh, dude like this like brand is being underutilized on the sword title man uh-huh. and then and then and she shows up in this here in these two we in go. these two titles or two volumes yes it kind of so yeah it kind of felt like okay let's let's really ramp up and set up for where we want to take your cohen next mm-hmm. with a little with with some sundowning and like epilogue issues like new mutants and marauders yes but but Marauders with the other titles, it. they're just like, all right, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah. And that was fun. Yes. Okay. So we start right off the bat with Sword 10 and 11. Yeah. Sword 10 and 11 into Wolverine, into Marauders, into Hellions. But yes. So Sword. Okay. Did okay. we call it? Because I feel like we called it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We absolutely called it. I, I had actually read ahead a little bit. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, well then, so what we're referring to is the fact that Wizkid was a... So last issue, Wizkid was a double agent, and this issue, we we find out Wizkid is actually a triple agent. Yeah. (laughs) And that is so much more on... God, pardon the pun. That is so much more on brand for Abigail Brand. (laughs) And straight out of of like a Nick Fury type. Totally. Story, yes. yeah, and it checks out. And I didn't know Wizkid was only seventeen years old. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we also got some. We also got the continuation of like diplomatic envoy for Zandra, just to remind ourselves that that's still happening, <laughs> right? And the final little like double slash just cross of <laughs> trapping cable. <laughs> Driving old man cable on the peak and sending it hurtling towards Earth. <laughs> yeah. So issue 10 was, like you said, like it was a real, it was a full spotlight issue on WizKid. You kind of see him go through his day and just like get a real like sense of how this, um, you know, extremely powerful person who also uses a wheelchair kind of goes goes through their life and and does daily tasks and and you know it's all narrated from from Wizkid's um perspective and there's kind of an interesting he's got a great read on people you mm-hmm. know and and he's he's able to play Gyrich really well because he's able to play on Gyrich's stereotypes about mm-hmm. about disabled people more than about uh than about mutants. Mm-hmm. So he's like, yeah, you know, Garage asked why he's doing this. And he's like, well, you know, Apocalypse preaches survival of the fittest. And that doesn't really sit well with me. And he's like, that was the expanser, the answer that Garage expected. I was happy, you know, so it was easy to give, to feed him. And then, uh, 
but really it comes back to Krakoa gives healthcare. <laughs> Great free right? healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was fun getting like a little yeah. trip into WizKid's mind. Cause like and it doesn't, you know, like WizKid's perspective on stuff doesn't feel like a wise adult in a child's body. No. Like it's like the way he thinks and the way he like feels like he's manipulating yes. people is very much senior year of high school. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. <laughs> and that agree. was cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good point. And then the the when Brand pulls off the double cross using pim particles and ha- revealing that she'd been along for the ride the whole time. That was sweet. Aurora uh-huh. destroys the entire delegation or the sorry, the entire assassination force toward that are threatening Xandra and the, and the Shi'ar delegation yeah, using air pressure. And I thought God. that was a fantastic use of her powers. Like right? usually you get the splashy, you know, thunder and lightning and rain and, and you know, all that stuff. But yeah, air pressure. <laughs> Just a quick change in air pressure will absolutely break some shit. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she does that in the next issue. Oh, she in, does? Uh, Sorry. In 11. No, it's, no, she, I mean, she basically does the classic storm stuff of, like, cold and electricity for yeah. this group of Lethal Legion. And then the end of the skirmish shows that there's another, like, five copies of each Lethal Legion, Lethal Legion member showing up. Yeah. And she's, and then you're just like, ooh, and it's cliffhanger. And then you got to... Other readers have to wait a month and we just have to wait a couple page swipes. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so like that's the cliffhanger for that plot. And then the other cliffhanger for the WizKid plot is that he dropped, he's dropping the peak. Yeah. Well, he exploded the peak, which is going to be dropping. And then you find out that Brand was, it was Brand all along. Right. And yeah, and so the peak is dropping on Australia. Luckily, Manifold happens to be right there. We know what happens <laughs> when when something big is falling and Manifold is in a position to catch it. So Australia is fine. Yeah, yeah. so that's fine. But they, there's like a, you know, this whole thing has been going on in, in a uh, conversation between Mac from Alpha Flight, a.k.a. Guardian James McDonald Hudson, and Gyrich on the Orcus base because Gyrich is, has, uh, you know, gotten him to to work with Orcus and his sort of this whole thing from Brand basically helps alienate Mac because you know it it, it forces Gyrich to sort of play his hand as far as what he would sacrifice, uh, and that includes the entire continent of Australia. And Mac's like, Nah, I'm out. You're crazy. Right. And what's his face? Skyrick has been working with or this character named Orbis, who's like basically yes. the Lethal Legion pimp. Orbis Stellaris, yeah. And there's a memo from Orbis that says that they're originally from Earth. Yeah. And they say there's so another silent partner in Soul, in you know, the the Earth right. Soul solar system. Yeah. So that's that's a that's yeah, that's gonna, I didn't. That's going to show up at some point. <laughs> yeah, I, I really expected this whole Lethal Legion Orbis Stellaris thing to be kind of like throwaway monster of the week, but it really looks like there's something else going on here. Uh, mm-hmm. I, 
I guess this is a, t- a character to pay attention to. Right. <laughs> what I put in my notes. It's a, it's almost like there's this like really soft, but if you pay attention, it's really hard, but like soft undertone of earth isn't ready for continual space integration. Mm. <laughs> the way, the way that Arako and soul are presenting themselves. Yeah. Like every issue of, of X-Men has been this like alien gambling. How can we test the X-Men today? <laughs> plot. Right. You have sword showing up in the, and the Orbis Stellaris and, and like all these delegations showing up that the mutants have to keep on hosting and also keep defending. And like this, it, they're handling it as they can, right? But there's, but they're but not getting. They're always it. reactive. Yeah. Yes, it's always reactive, and and it's almost like okay, these, they're going to get tired. <laughs> I think is the main point there. <laughs> uh-huh. So this, this, it's eventually somebody's going to make that point, and it's going to be a good, it's going to be a well made point. I'm just waiting for someone in six one six to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> And then, oh, what was one thing? And then, yeah, so then this is the air pressure thing uh, where Aurora, this, this is, in recent times, this is the hardest Aurora, Aurora has worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because she, she, her nose starts bleeding, but primarily because she's concentrating on keeping the air pressure just within where the lethal legion is, so she right. doesn't hurt any of the surrounding areas, including yeah. frenzy, and that's what's taking, as she puts it, all of her concentration. And like that is, that is more concentration than we than she's had to use <laughs> in any of the duels she's been in, <laughs> any of the stories people have told about her. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was wild. Storm is such a badass, and she's so and, badass. And the world just needs to know. And then and then you have the final little revelation of Brand dealing with Gyrig. Oh, yeah. Uh, nice little monologue from Brand yeah. there. Again, yeah. it's just, it's it's Brand playing her cards, or some of her cards, finally. And God, dude, and she- this really harkens back to when she said to oh man there's that flash forward where she says i told you this is never gonna work yeah and then so like other cards she's been playing is getting the kree scroll alliance in her pocket yeah and her debt right just little pieces here and there but it basically comes out that uh she doesn't believe in krakoa and it needs to go yep because krakoa also from her perspective they're the mutants aren't ready for yep. space and that's fine. <laughs> and you know, she's, she's a mutant. Yes. But she's also an alien and, and that's, you know, she grew up not on earth. She doesn't really have a strong connection to, you know, mutants or the mutant cause or whatever. And she has a much larger perspective on all of this. Yeah. So she grew up on a planet called Axis. Yeah. Which I've never heard of. No, like, it doesn't ring a bell for me. Yeah, it's fine. I didn't know if you'd ever... No. Okay. But yeah, so her... Was it her mom is an alien and her Something dad like is a mutant? 
so yeah, her mutant gene is this fire hand thing. Mm-hmm. And that's where she got her because her code name is Brand. So we only know that her real name is Abigail, but we don't know her last name. Oh, interesting. Oh, did you not remember that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Brand is her title. Huh. That I don't. So to be fair, to be fair. <laughs> I only know that because I recently read Astonishing X-Men on Twitch with my with my channel. Yeah. And that's what and she tells Beast that or she tells two of the guys on Break World that tried to capture her that brand is her code name. And that's when she 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 burns their faces with her hand. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. And her natural hair color is green. And nobody has questioned. <laughs> the fact that and also like her her alien tongue lets her speak dozens of languages dozens of um alien languages okay yeah because she's only half human right yeah she doesn't believe in Krakoa and it needs to go and we have no idea what her last name is interesting cool she's almost like Forge <laughs> arguably I don't even think we know Forge's first name no we don't There's know no Forge's way. first name. Because Forge is Forge is absolutely his mutant name. Also, Forge has been a character for about 20 years longer than than Brand has. Yeah, fuck Forge. <laughs> <laughs> so obnoxious. <laughs> he doesn't even realize that the only reason why he's able to make biotech is because it's all made out of techno-organic material. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay. Uh, anyway, so Brand at the end drops Gyrick out of the airlock of Sword. Yep. She just airlocks him. Impressive. Very impressive. I mean, fuck Gyrick. That guy sucks. You're right. He's always been like my f- the. He's always been my favorite guy to hate that I know nothing about. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. like because he's been X Men liaison. There was a time where he was an Avengers liaison. Yep. But he's always he's always like the suit dick. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and he was, he is he was the always like the incompetent one. Bad government. Exactly. So I was always like, well, yeah, fuck Eric. Yeah. But um yeah, like so bigotry and small minded thinking and careerist, you know, self interest getting in the way of the common good. Right. But he's yes. never been killed. Like That's I feel like knowledge. this is his first death. Yeah, probably. I'm curious to see how he comes back. Right. He he would make the most enthusiastic Mephisto goon. <laughs> oh yeah, he, he just like being being a a mid-level bureaucrat from Mephisto that would be perfect for him. Cuz I mean like Mephisto brought back Coulson to do his bidding. Oh. I can totally see him bringing back Gyrick. Yeah, but like Coulson actually gone. does like spy stuff. Gyrick would yeah. just be like, you know, he would he would be management. He would just be like, you know, keeping track of 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 the 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 key deliverables, all the KPIs, and all of the you know, all of the targets, and and make sure that that the goals are being met. You know, mm-hmm. but like in a really evil way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but man, yeah. So goodbye, Gyrick and yeah. Brand. I love Brand is like. You know, putting, you know, having a mole on the inside was 
if you ever bring someone, they're always going to betray you. It's a terrible decision. <laughs> yeah. But having yourself as the mole on the inside, now there's an idea. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> this girl. <laughs> yeah, good God. And then the preview or whatever for um, just the next title is X-Men Red. Yep. Which actually has a connotation of Mars. Right. Whereas I never before, thought of that. It was it was Jean Grey being red, right? Yeah, Jean Grey. Jean Grey's X Men was X Men Red, but then there was also like the Red Team, right? There was like the oh, it was Blue and Gold Team. Blue and Gold teams, yeah. yeah. All right, from yeah. back in the day. Wolverine nineteen. Uh, more Beach Logan for you. Yeah, it's great. It makes me so happy. <laughs> so he he he. It, this is basically just like a a one off little you know, side story issue where he goes off to track down and kill. Uh, there, there's been a bunch of like, you know, gross infection stuff going on in Krakoa. And mostly it's been attributable to like bioweapons, but it seems now like maybe it's caused by Krakoa. The tumors? Yeah, the tumors of Krakoa kind of infecting of the, no the wildlife. Of the no-place biomes. Oh, of yeah. the no-place biomes. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's potentially something to keep track of. And so, yeah, basically a a big ass whale gets infected and Wolverine goes out to kill it. And that's the entire issue. And it's, it's a Moby Dick story. I I was going to say, I was going to say Wolvie Dick, but then I remembered that, you know, we got, we got some serious Wolvie Dick in that one issue around the 12 that I was talking about. So how about Moby Snicked? Is that better? Oh, okay. I'll give you that one. Yeah, I'll absolutely yeah. give you that one. Moby Snick, <laughs> I'm down. Wolverine 19. Yep, that's that's Moby all. Moby Snicked. Yep. Okay, Marauders 26. Yeah, let's go to a better book. I mean, it was fine. I like the art, but there's nothing. There's there just isn't much to talk about. Yeah. You know, there's a thing to kill, and he kills it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Dude, so Marauders 26. The, okay, the the a plot, the the cover plot yeah. of of Iceman fighting Fin Fang Foom, I don't care about. It's oh, all the other stuff what? that happens. <laughs> I I got to that point in my notes, and then I my notes for that section are okay. Go ahead, Will. Because, okay, because like so to me, okay, I guess him going big was really cool, but like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fin Fang Foom. <laughs> Fin Fang Foom is show. basically is is a giant snake dragon. Yeah, like you know, 150 feet tall or whatever. Yeah, and Iceman. He drops in on the Marauders transporting whiskey, trying to drink it all. Because ever yeah. since Warren Ellis got his hands on Fing Fang Foom in Next Wave and tried to put the Next Wave team in his pants. Uh, because he is a giant dragon that wears pants. Um, and he yelled the line, Fing Fang Foom put you in his pants. He's been more of a comic character ever since then. So yeah. He's yeah I mean, he's, yeah, he's a joke. He, yeah. He's he's a grandfathered character from before yeah. Marvel knew what it was doing and yeah. had like 18 different writing titles, like Tales of Astonish and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, yeah, yeah. point is, after terraforming Mars, Iceman's had this thing in the back of his head of just like, I terraformed a fucking planet. Yeah. 
what else can I do? Yeah. Which is awesome. Which is just absolutely. That's always been such a big part of his character arc. It's just like, yeah. And it's like ever, ever since Wolverine was like, I want you to teach my school. And he's like, why? It's like, because I think you, you, you've never actually been serious. And like, I want you, I want to see what you can do. And, and then he's like, fine, you want me to be serious? And he makes all these clones of himself and, and, and like defends the school and all that shit. Like, like he's, 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 I mean, He's such a good character. He is. Anyway, I will point say is he got the really good Bobby arc for all of the other problems with the story. Operation Zero Tolerance. If you remember when I read that for the pod, mm. he gets the final battle one on one against Bastion, and it's the end of a long arc that started with Emma, his body swap with Emma, where she started using his powers in ways that he'd never conceived mm-hmm. of before. Right. Yeah. And like. He's just, he's water. Like, he, he yeah. <sighs> anyway, point is, <laughs> Fin Fang Foom, my cat is in his mouth and like, put you in his pads. And the Marauders, like Callisto on the ship, is just like, um, he, he, uh, the dragon just killed Bobby and, and, and they're like, nah, he's fine. And then <laughs> he goes and creates an equally tall version of himself and like fist fights a dragon. And like, that's amazing. I guess, I, I guess, so he, I want to say in War of the Realms, he made a big version of himself in the Marauders crossover already mm. okay. to fight the Frost Giants. Yeah. So like, this isn't <laughs> entirely new. So that in this issue, Iceman fighting Fin Fang Foom and winning wasn't a surprise. No. But just it him is hulking up to giant size and right. just it's, absolutely it's this, handling. It's this mental plot of yeah. Bobby going and being and taking himself a little more seriously and actually wanting to explore what he can do with his ice powers. Right. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> but it's these other things that ha- were happening with like bring back Harry Leland mm-hmm. and did you know, was it this issue that this happened? Did you know about Shinobi? No, that's, yeah, that's new for this issue. Okay. They reveal that Shinobi Shaw is actually Harry Leland's bastard, not Sebastian Shaw's bastard. Yeah, what? That's awesome. But I mean, like... <laughs> it makes sense, powers-wise. Oh, yeah, okay. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. he is... Shinobi has phasing powers and, and Leland has density powers. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Just, oh man. So, yeah. So basically they, uh, they do that reveal within like a page. Harry fully embraces it. And then they ask uh, Harry Leland to be the UN representative or the Kirko representative at the UN. Yeah. That was awesome. Was pretty wild. Mm-hmm. But it's also another public face of a person who has died, a mutant who has died. And so, like, yeah. they have to do this whole, like... What's he been up to? Why? Yeah. yeah. The other thing, when when they're revealing that that uh, Shinobi is Harry Leland's son, you know, Shaw, uh, Sebastian and Shinobi Shaw have a moment together. 
And, you know, like I tried to be your father. I clearly didn't, you know, <laughs> I, I clearly didn't do it well. It was disastrous to both of us. Yeah, man, you killed each other. <laughs> he killed you. And then you killed him. Well, you know, that, that's, that that's happens. a little, yeah, <laughs> that's the mutant escalation of, of just regular family strife. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, we also get a hint to placement of this with Inferno because mm. Emma says that Nimrod is back online. Right. Which was the fourth issue of Inferno, third or fourth. Anyway. But so the 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 ramifications of Inferno, one of the big ones is the inner circle learning about Moira and the secret behind Krakoa and all yep. that stuff. Anyway, that, I feel like that like has taken some of the win- and we'll see it in the next issue of Marauders in the next yep. volume, but like I feel like that has either taken some wind out of the sails of Shaw and Emma or has just decided to like really do a course change. Yeah, for where they want to go. Yes, so I'm interested to see where this goes. Big changes happening within the Hellfire Trading Company, which we will kind of get more of next issue. Yeah, but until then, we have Hellions 16 and 17. Yes, big deal. Big deal. And then this, so these are, you know, 16, 17. Then the next trade opens up with 18. So this is really the Thank the, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is three issues to close out the Hellion series, basically. So to recap, mm-hmm. in the last story arc for Hellions, they uh, shut down, what's the Amenthi guy's name? Or not Amenthi, Tarn. The, Tarn, the Iraqi guy's name. I want to say Scalding Tarn, but that's a magic card. <laughs> Tarn the Uncaring. Yes, Tarn the Uncaring. And he had a clone lab, uh, or he blah, blah, blah. They found out that Sinister had a clone lab with a chimera of himself and Tarn. And Hellion nudged Havoc to destroy it all. Basically, we learned that uh, Hellion Manuel De La Rocha was the mole, the inside man for Emma Frost on the Hellion's team. His to figure name? I think so. I thought Hellion... Or no, sorry, empath. I keep saying, you're yeah. right, you're right, empath. Hellions the telekinetic. And Hellions is the name of the, of the whole squad. Of, God damn of the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Empath. I'm, uh, so yeah, we learned that empath this whole time has been Emma's working sort of, Emma. working for Emma to keep tabs of what Sinister has been up to. Which checks out. Which checks out. And he was he was her like original school yes. student. Yes. Yeah, he was one of the original Hellions when she opened their her pink first suits. school. Yep. Pink and purple. And code suits. names like Beef and Beavatron. I'll never let those go. <laughs> but yes. So that's that's the backstory. That's that's the uh the recap. Basically it opens on the Aftermath of Havoc blowing everything up and Nanny gets up to cut Sinister's throat when the X-Men arrive. They say, is everything okay? I love, I love the humor in this, in this title. Oh my gosh, dude. Is everything okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, very, very clearly not. And Grey Crow just 
laughs in their faces. I was going to say something else. Oh, just distrust of Sinister is becoming a larger theme in these la- these volumes of Trials of X. So that's something to put a pin in. And Tarn undid the Amenthi, like rewiring that Wild Child got. Yes. But Nanny and Orphan Maker are still messed up. That's right. Side fact. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's just kind of like coming down from that whole yes. experience and yeah. like people just having their little conversation follow yep. stuff. Grey Crow swears vengeance on uh, on Empath. Quanin decides to leave Krakoa. But and so this is another thing placing with uh, Inferno. She's she's a war captain already. She's already a war captain, which happens, I think, in Inferno one or two. (laughs) She it's the Havoc's self-loathing kind of gets interrupted when he he learns that they changed the rules on Resurrections of Clones, aka Madeline Pryor. Empath is we we get an a window into Empath's feelings of isolation. You know, he, he tells Emma. You know, this all it all this did was cost me the only friends I ever had. And then she's like, "Are you serious?" And she and he's like, "No, nah, those stupid fuckers. You should have seen the looks on their faces." And then he kind of gives some sad eyes and seems like he's starting to cry. Are these bastards going to make me care about empath now? They got me on Fabian Cortez. Now they're going to do empath, <laughs> dude. What's next, dude? That. That cell of just like him being like face, face, face. Oh, I'm like, oh yeah. no. Oh, oh no. no. Oh no. Oh no. Manuel. Manuel. <laughs> oh man. So I, it's it's wild because like, so you've seen way more empath than I have, but like not a ton. He's not a you know, this is probably Hellion's probably like. Actually gave him time in the spotlight. Yeah, like doubled his total issue count. Okay. (laughs) That might be extreme, but like maybe one and a (laughs) half, you know, one and a half times. But point being, like, anytime I've ever seen 63 total appearances. Okay. 18 of those were the 18 issues. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anytime I've ever seen Empath, it's like team setting. So, like, it's how he screws with the group and mm-hmm. how he can sabotage the group and because like, that's what his powers do. Yeah. Right. Like like purple man type stuff. And so like giving him not pur- not pur- not purple man I see your face, but like not purple man stuff like how his powers work, but as right. far as like purple man never knowing who his actual friends are because right he, he can't control his power. Right. So if he ever requests something someone just does it. So right. It wasn't until less than ten years ago they made they did that sort of uh, uh-huh. dive into Purple Man, and so now you have that same sort of dive into Empath. Yeah, and it's like ooh, ooh, because yeah, this is this is all new for me, but I uh-huh. it, it feels scandalous. But I can't even imagine someone who has read you know like Origins of Empath and like like this. You have more history to rewrite or like retrospect <laughs> than <Yes>. I do. <laughs> but again, not a ton just because mm-hmm. they didn't draw out characters in the same way as they do now. Right. I will say the one 
wrinkle on empath that I am interested in seeing if they follow up with it or what, if they do what they do with it is with magma, AKA Amara Aquila, because they, they were a couple for a little while. Amara left the new mutants to go kind of like rebuild or find the real Nova Roma with empath. And they were both fucked with by Celine, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just curious, like, would he try and it, we, cause we haven't seen Amara in the new mutants title. We haven't seen her really at, hardly at all on mm-hmm. uh, Krakoa and the, the, the two obvious pairings for her would be new mutants and with Hellion. So I'm interested to see, you know, if they pull her in to either of those stories, what she would end up doing for sure. Cause there was like, Oh, is she being manipulated by him, et cetera, et cetera. And a, a little bit, but again, if it's like, oh, he couldn't help it. Yeah, I don't know. There's potential for a story there. Yes. Yeah. So you have the Manuel thing, and then you have Grey Crow being angry more. And then but then you have uh nanny and the, the <laughs> child thing. Yeah. So the the smiley, smiley. baby. That uh, robot baby that they um, that they rescued slash stole from the right base, mutant robot essentially uh, an mm-hmm. AI robot, and it starts calling nanny Mew Mew, and she's like, "No, I'm not your mother. I'm your nanny." More on that later. But this kind of connection is leading her to basically reject reject Orphan Maker. And she goes on to her ship, which is hacked by the right. It was always a ship that belonged to the right. And we get kind of a new backstory for her. Mm. That because I don't, it, we learned that her name's Eleanor. I don't think we knew that before. Okay. And that she was married to this scientist guy on the right, but that he, she basically left and she had two options. <laughs> she could, you know, come back to his forgiveness or she could live in isolation inside this, the egg suit that we only ever see her in, have only ever seen her in. And she chose the egg. Wild. Yeah. She is, she's nuts. I mean, we knew this the whole title and that's part of the, the big fun of the Hellions title has just been these characters who were, certifiably bonkers coexisting alongside the ones that are just, (laughs) just, just sociopathic or just, you know, (laughs) like poorly, poorly handled, poorly treated, et cetera, like Grey Crow, for example, and, uh, and putting them alongside the real, (laughs) just like out of control, crazy pants, like nanny and orphan maker. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, so the issue ends with uh, the smiley getting stolen and Nanny lashing out at Orphan Maker when he tries to like console her. And she's like, are you, aren't you, are you happy you took everything from me? And Orphan Maker's like, okay. And he walks away. So, And then she gives a memo like, I finally, I broke the boy. <laughs> <laughs> issue 17 is Orphan Maker going and taking the smiley baby back yeah going to the right facility shooting everything he sees along the way 
eventually reaches the right baby and then nanny. Uh, and you know, big fights. Basically, the whole team decides to come back together to... Quanin decides to go on a solo mission to bring Orphan Maker back in the fold, make sure he doesn't do anything terrible. And the whole team kind of comes back together this time of their own volition. Like they've they've really found something in this company of of screw ups and cast offs, which, you know, that's a nice little theme story moment. That's it's the type of like lovable losers find a community in each other story. Mm. And yeah. So so the team all goes off to bring him in. Orphan Maker gets there, uh, gets to the right baby first. Nanny right after. Nanny grabs a hold of it and it says Mew Mew again. But it turns out that this whole time it wasn't trying to say Ma- mother or mama. It was trying to say Mew Tint Scum. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> and, my gosh. And kills her. Yeah, just, <laughs> yeah, it like, it does a giant psionic mouth blast. Point blank range on Nanny, the egg explodes, and uh, that's the last we see of her body. <laughs> um, her husband and doctor guy from the right is like, huh, a self-replicating AI that hates mutants? Huh. Ha! Yeah, he thinks it's hilarious, and within a page, Orphan Maker uh, twists his neck off, snaps his neck. Yep, and goes <laughs> on rampage throughout the rest of the right facility, and then runs up against uh, these innocent sort of county sheriffs who we met in the previous issue, who are just kind of over or at the start of the issue, who are kind of overseeing the whole thing. And uh, yeah, he can't stop himself, and he kills them too. <laughs> Yeah, and it and it ends with Orphan Maker just on the ground. Uh, the rest of the team finally catches up, and he's like, "I couldn't stop myself." And I, I think it's interesting that they have Nightcrawler quotes in uh, Hell. Right? They're like they they like theme around like uh, purpose and redemption and yes. and like stuff like that. And that's it's just really cool. Anyway, yes. so that ends volume nine. But as we were saying, volume. Uh, Trials Volume 10 starts with the next issue of Hellions. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Big picture, Trials Volume 10 is Hellions 18, Excalibur 26, Marauders 27, New Mutants 24, and X-Men number 6, which is the X-Men issue I was waiting for. So, so Hellions 18. The cover art to Hellions 18 is (laughs) the Hellions team in chains with hands that seem to be probably from the circle all doing thumbs downs and i'm like oh no (laughs) yeah (laughs) what is what is happening yeah this issue got me this whole volume this whole volume of trials is hitting me in the feels and i don't know if i'm just like emotionally pent up and i need to have a good cry Mm -hmm. or if like if the writing was so damn good that it's just it's it's just nailing me yeah i just didn't expect to be hit by comics or don't this or don't often get hit by comics yeah but the fact that like four of these five issues like (laughs) choked me up yeah (laughs) fuck (laughs) off (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and because like they're all different artists they're all different writers yeah but like this entire volume just mm. it's one for the books yeah it's one for the it, it's gonna be in a book but it's one for the books anyway 
So we start this issue with Orphan Maker in chains and the rest of it. Well, actually, the whole team in the chains, team. except for Quanin, yeah, reporting to the Quiet Council to be to have Orphan Maker be judged for killing man and or all or the whole team, right? Yeah, that's on the table, and Sinister is strongly pushing for it, mostly to cover his own ass because of mm-hmm. all of the shit that he's pulled on this team. Yeah. So th- this is one of those, whenever we see the quiet council, I just have to like see who's in chairs. Yeah. But like, this is like happening, like mid reveals in Inferno. I think so. Because yeah. Colossus There's, and Destiny yep. are not members of the council yet. Correct. Yeah. So like, and those, both those things happen at the end of Inferno. So like, okay. But like, yeah. it's, it's a little muddy because yep. Nimrod is online confirmed. However, you know, Destiny's not. Yep. On the council, Colossus isn't there yet. Not a big deal, just pointing these things out. Keeping track, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a flash forward of what to do with the team. And then we get a flashback of of basically the, the X-Men arriving after the end of the, the mission at the right. Or they return to Krakoa and the X-Men greet them. And they're like, all right, we're going to need to bring Orphan Maker in. At least. And they're like, no, you're not getting our our teammate. And we've got mm-hmm. a, a big fight. XVH, X, X versus H, X-Men versus Hellions. <laughs> In the middle, we get a, a Havoc saying, hi, Lorna. And Polaris saying, hi, Alex. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> just like this like casual, just hello. <laughs> yeah. I mean, kind of sheepish too. Like it, this is, this is a really like, Havoc, this is a weird place for Havoc to be, right? Like, mm-hmm. he's he's not a very strong and well-developed character. However, <laughs> he's been a hero, or at least, like, a well-meaning... A semblance of one. <laughs> ...guy, 99% of... And he's done, like, a lot of hero shit. He went into space and, and saved the Shia yeah, he was a star jammer. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, led the X factor team for a while, both X factor teams, you know, he's, he's got a lot of experience with this and this sort of like more raw, more insecure havoc is a more recent and interesting take, but him and Lorna have a deep, deep romantic history <laughs> mm-hmm. and we're just kind of pointing at it here kind of funny anyway and and it's interesting to see them on such different sides of this right now of of their character arc you know lorna is often portrayed as the unstable and insecure one and here it's alex uh anyway just wanted to point that and you know she's on the big team and he's on the suicide squad (laughs) and so flash going back to the flash forward it's a big fight scene and it's a lot of fun and then Empath unexpectedly de-escalates it by calming everybody down. Back to the their trial in front of the Quiet Council, Quanin starts beating the shit out of Sinister. <laughs> and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, you, you're, you're a captain, so you've got some leeway, but come on. And, and Storm's like, give him one more. <laughs> and Exodus is like, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then they have to muzzle Sinister, which is just hilarious. Oh, and he's still just. (laughs) (laughs) And then you get to the meat and potatoes. Yeah. I mean, there's no, there's no question that, I mean, it's not even really a trial. It's just like, hey, we're sending you to the pit. Is there anything Uh, you want to say? Yeah. I mean, Nightcrawler tries to object and, you know, they, they have some questions about whether they try him as an adult. And it comes down to yes. And, you know, they have to keep their laws consistent. And so down he goes. And, but not the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's like they basically start to uh, yell and fight for Orphan Maker. Eventually they just give him a group hug. <laughs> yeah. Cause he's just like, imagine, a, a, you know, like a young adult with developmental disabilities. Yep. It's exactly. Yeah. Kill, you know, it's it's a it's a what is it? oh geez, it was a De- Georgian Oh, of mice and men. Yes. Yeah. It's George and Lenny. It's yep. it's that situation. Yep. Yeah. And although um, done with a little bit more malice than than Lenny, he you know. Right. But yeah. <laughs> but as far as far as like the mentality of the accused right and they're just you know they they have their moment and then right as the vines are wrapping around orphan maker to go down uh nanny shows up yeah and And she's like how dare you yeah she and you know demands to to go down with him and they're like well we can't do that you didn't commit the crime and you know she's like well then i will you know how many how many humans am i gonna need to kill in krakoa's name i will you know sail on a river of blood in the name of krakoa yeah i am i am this boy's nanny and you will not send him in a hole without (laughs) just where should i start kate How's Terry still living at 1412 Central Avenue? Leave me out of this. <laughs> what Leave I my mom t- out of this. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And then, so there's like, okay, well, you know, self-imposed exile, I guess. Yep. Okay. And it's just, it's just like nanny starts singing um, a lullaby to, to Orphan Maker as they get sucked down uh, into, into the pit. Yeah. It's so, it's so touching and so fucked up. <laughs> it's just, it's a very somber, uh, very somber yeah. scene. Yeah. Props to Storm and Kate and uh, Emma and Nightcrawler for actually not liking the situation. Yep, definitely. I mean, they just, in in their, throughout, there's different scenes where they're protesting or just showing the actual, like, yeah. Uh, sadness on their faces and stuff and then you just kind of just get the uh the final epilogue scenes yes uh, and they're another, good ones yeah another empath going back to uh <laughs> the academos habitat where the rest of the hellions live the original, original hellions. hellions yeah and he manipulates them again to yeah be excited that he's back yeah basically they're they're you know they start like giving him shit for you know manipulating them the last time at the beginning of the series and and he can't handle the abuse and so he manipulates them into liking him again and with again tears streaming down his face gray crow getting ready to kill him because that's what he said he'd do 
Quanin says, what if you uh, join me in doing something else? <laughs> yeah. And, and sticking together. And, mm-hmm. and we get another scene from them at the very end where they're on a beach together. And Grey Crow says, you look at me like there might be something good in me and I'll never be the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh. Yeah. You get Wild Child getting a, some pills to help him stay mentally stable from yep. Cecilia Reyes. Cecilia Reyes. And she's, she's like, all right, well, you rejected this last time, but I need to offer again. And he, without even saying anything, takes the pills and swallows them. Because again, he has also a long history of complete stability and being fully in control of himself. And he goes back and forth all the time between fully bestial and like kind of just a dude, you know, like a, like a scrawny saber tooth, but without the homicidal mania, like, you know, just kind of a guy. So Hmm. good for him. He's getting medication. He's getting help. Mm-hmm. And then Cyclops being like, listen, we have, it's really weird to uh, want to resurrect my dead wife, but uh, <laughs> here you go. <laughs> but uh, she's here. And he's like, wait, what? And so you have a quick uh, reunion of Madeline Pryor and, and Alex. Yeah, that won't be fucked up, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I don't know if it's, if funny is the right word, but like, it's, you know, when your wife dies, <laughs> like that kind of like, you know, lets you off the hook. You're a widower now, but like, if she comes back, especially when you gonna... abandoned her and for her infants and your infant son to go play <laughs> superhero with your dead ex-girlfriend. <laughs> like this is this is the this uh, like I, I know I've said this on the pod a million times, but I'm I'm interested. You know what? Maybe the writing is finally good enough for them to actually tackle this character and this storyline with the the care and the delicacy it deserves. Because I don't know how you can continue to have. Scott Summers be a good guy as long as Madeline Pryor is a character in your universe. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> like not good guy necessarily, but like he did big things badly and he never owned up to them or did anything to make them right. Mm-hmm. It was all pinned on her being crazy. It was, you know, it was pinned on her being like the 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 villain, the the manipulated, the messed up one. And he never really paid any sort of like consequences or um, development or even acknowledgement of the fact that he did that. So we'll see. (laughs) Yeah. And then the only other two things are uh, Emma and Magneto talking about how Nathaniel Essex is a problem and is a cancer. And And then you get a a little view of him looking at whatever the hell, some sort of like hologram or projection or or screen or whatever, but some view of Scott, Gene, Storm, Nightcrawler, and Wolverine. Like he's got some plans. Mm-hmm. 
And they're also like DNA strands under each yep. of them. Yep. Ugh. Man, can you imagine the blend of those five power sets? You think you're thinking straight into chimeras. You're probably right. I'm certain you're Something. right. Yeah. Man, that's just crazy. Uh, anyway, that's the first issue of volume 10. Yeah. <laughs> Excalibur. Yeah. So again, like the last issue ended with um what's his face? Arthur attacking uh Saturnine and the Starlight Citadel uh to try to because his goal is to get his kingdom back of his kingdom of Avalon back from Jamie and He's teamed up with Merlin, and Merlin dropped uh, Saturnine and Betsy into the Sea of Secrets. Yeah. And, like, that was the end of it. And then the next issue is back on the fight with Av- with Arthur and them. You know, like, okay, fine. I guess we're not. <laughs> and then two pages in, <laughs> Betsy and Saturnine come back. And you're yeah. like, oh. <laughs> okay. This... <laughs> so we're not going to see that play out. That's why. Well, we didn't. We but we do get an explanation for how they get back. Yeah, which, they talk. They talk about it. Yeah, it, I, I agree. Like, there, there's a lot in this title that's kind of like, oh, we're not. You know, like, oh, I guess this didn't. I don't have matter. to explain. Or, I, yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. Karen. <laughs> Ooh, but yeah, we do get a we do get a reference throwback to uh, Secret Wars and the Incursions. Yeah, why don't you handle this? Tell tell tell. Uh, so okay, so basically. Uh, Saturnine talks about how she survived the Sea of Secrets last time she was there, and the primary reason was back in 2013 <laughs> when all the multiversal incursions were happening. The Starlight Citadel, part of which Jonathan is attached, Hickman's, uh, <laughs> Avengers slash New Avengers run, yeah, yeah, the Starlight Citadel, which is connected to all of the different. Uh, realities was having a bad time of it and then the map makers which we got introduced to then started showing up at the star citadel so the captain's britons uh, were all fighting the map makers here in otherworld and they had they had preserved a a single map maker from earlier and she escaped by grabbing on to the map maker and its ability to traverse the multiverse because that's what map makers do is they go to dying universes and um, catalog them mm-hmm. and so she uses she used its abilities to do that and ended up with just a core of map maker put it in a jewel in her chest and it allowed her to hop around and get back to other world yeah there you go the five page breakdown <laughs> uh the breakdown of the five-page story and so that was interesting and then i feel like somewhere in here there was a two of avalon it used to be good and there's badness and like the stuff that i've been talking about how there's like two different versions of camelot <laughs> yeah there's like the 616's version there's earth's version and then the actual version in the world yeah and i feel it's somewhere in there i feel like it was brought up but i don't exactly remember but yeah so the battles here in excalibur are very short i feel like yeah a lot of it is diplomacy talk (laughs) right yeah so we've got kind of like this whole you know merlin army descending blah 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 but 
yeah, meanwhile, back in the UK, Krakoa relations with the UK are on the supposedly on the brink of war. Okay. Because weird shit is happening on Braddock Isle connection with the Merlin thing. And I mean, Betsy, yeah, they just stole land from the UK and, and, and made and it a part of Krakoa. Kind of the smaller part to like, hey, there's all these weird lights going on, you know, coming out of <laughs> yeah. this this castle, this lighthouse, whatever. And is this a problem? Is this going to? is this going to destroy us? It's really close to our, our, you know, the rest of our country. And they're like, the rest of the council doesn't know. They don't know anything about what's going on. And then Betsy kind of makes a cameo and Emma's like, Hey, when are you going to stop playing like dress up and fantasy with all your knights and horses and things and come help us out in the real world. And she's like, no, fuck you. It's like piss off. (laughs) Yeah. And Rachel and Betsy share a moment. This was, I think there was definitely some subtext for this back in the day in the X-Men, but it was Chris Claremont and everybody was extremely horny for everyone else. So I don't know if this was like a specific pairing that you could point to, but uh, sure. Yeah, I'm into it. Why not? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So basically the mutants or specifically Excalibur and the Braddocks have to get out of other world and back to Braddock Isle on yeah. Earth. The uh, Merlin's army is descending, and Brian says to Jamie, "Hey, can't you do like your reality warping and cause the whole army to go away?" And they're like, "No, no more warping. There's been enough yeah. damage. To <laughs> no this. more, no more trump cards." <laughs> yeah, it's just like <laughs> this is the problem with having like. Omega level reality power warpers. reality <laughs> warpers. You just characters, it, regardless of what their power is on this power scale, is that in order to tell the stories that you want to tell, you have to continuously come up with outrageous problems why they can't reasons why you can't use your get out of jail free cards. Yes, exactly. Even though and, you have an entire stack yeah. of get out of jail free cards. Yeah. <laughs> And that's just like, that's just always going to be a problem if you have characters. Right. Either you don't use those characters in your story. Right. Or you have to like knock them out continually. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Come up with all of these arbitrary reasons why they can't do their thing. But then Shatterstar, Shara. Yeah, they have a little moment. Yeah. It's fun. I, I like those two together. Me too. They're, they're so different. <laughs> they're such a great couple. And yes, yeah, so different. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so they retreat back through the gate, and yep. that's what Merlin was waiting for. So they yep. tried to they tried to destroy the gate while they're using it. Yep. Which is interesting. It's an interesting yeah. tactic. Uh, right. It doesn't work. It works. Only, well, yeah. yeah. It so. works on. It worked on X Force. Right, uh, where it cut Quentin Quire in half. <laughs> um, <laughs> what doesn't? But know. it doesn't work here. Yeah, everyone gets through, and then Betsy's like, "Okay, my sword is part of the Starlight Citadel, so I can use it to get back. I'm going right. to get back and join the rest of the Captain's Britain to fight for Avalon." And it kind of it and it ends on just one of those war of the war of the bastards type situations. Yep. Uh, just running towards the un- unfaced, unnamed army. And it says, to be continued in Knights of X. Cool. In Knights of X. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. The good news is that Gambit's cats are okay when the Gambit's when cats the are okay. We're destroyed in the whole lighthouse. The cats are mm-hmm. fine. 
<laughs> That's really all. I mean, this was a weird, weird. They, it seems they, like they ran out of post time. Apocalypse. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. But like, how do you? How do you? I think I I I feel like part of the problem is they're not entirely sure how they want to incorporate other world into a mutant story. I think they're also really trying to rebuild both Betsy and Quanin as new characters, mm-hmm. essentially, since you know, since they've been separated, since the right. body swap was undone or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then so because like, I feel like this could have been a different. Like if they just focused on the Friends of Mordred plot, yeah, and like focused on that instead of this like these warring nations and Merlin's takeover. I don't know. I feel like it could have been a a more fun sort of like mystery plot of like who's Mordred uh, and like what is what their powers are and yeah, how that plays out without the like warring armies and stuff. Right. But whatever. I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. Not everyone can be a banger. That's right. Uh, speaking of bangers, Marauders. <laughs> yeah. Marauders 27. <laughs> Big changes in the Marauders team in the Hellfire Trading Corporation. Changes. So yeah, oh my god. We get a cute little opening scene with uh with Kate Pride and Forge talking about the gates, how she still can't go through gates. And, and he's like, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's ironic, isn't it? And she's like, why? Because, the, you know, the girl who can walk through anything can't walk through a gate. He's like, no, because like, you, no. you disrupt <laughs> every technology that you ever pass through until this one disrupted this you. This technology disrupts yeah. you. She's In like, Soviet Krakoa, <laughs> technology disrupt you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, it's cool because, like, it starts with her leaning up against the, like, yeah. plasma of the gate, which is so strange because it's it's not that she... It's like, it's the fact that it completely rejects her because everyone else yeah. just walks f- physically through. Right. Like, humans just walk through the gate. Yeah. Like, past, like just walk by the gate and then mutants actually go through the like teleport part of the gate. But then Kate, it's like walking up into an actual wall. <laughs> it's so odd. It's yeah. so odd. And I'm, I'm glad that they haven't forgotten about that plot thread because <laughs> yep. I really want to know <laughs> right? why. <laughs> I don't know if we'll ever know why, but it looks like we may be heading towards a resolution to it. But anyway, mm-hmm. we get a nice, little scene between Emma and Lourdes Chantal in which basically Emma recruits her to join the board of the Hellfire Training Company. And she's like, yeah, I've got a law degree. I've got an MBA. I've been on the sidelines for too long. All of this mutants fighting mutants, mutants fighting Sentinel stuff. That wasn't for me. But this Krakoa stuff is, is, this is where I belong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And specifically with Chantal, she is not a resurrected mutant. Right. <laughs> she, that was just her a, death was uh, faked. <laughs> her death was actually faked, retcon faked, thanks to uh, murder or uh, murder reigns. Yeah. Oh my god. Dark reign. Crossover. Dark. No. The crossover no. event. Is it murder reigns? That's not. That does not sound right. Dark. 
No. Uh, Devil's Reign. Devil's Reign. My God. Devil's Reign. The Devil's Reign X-Men crossover where we find out about that. We get a uh, a little, a, a cute little side story here just to fill out some pages. Uh, Pyro and Bishop under the the guise of Mr. Nobody and the Blade go to sell some decommissioned shield helicarriers to Verendi. And, you know, they have a cool, like, scene up there. Then eventually they uh, get caught up to by the real Mr. Nobody in the Blade. And uh, Mr. Nobody puts a, a gun, a, you know, point blank to Pyro and pulls the trigger and it misfires because Pyro's powers are the controlling fire, including snuffing out the spark. Including of- not firing? Yeah. That, I feel, this has got to be, a, this is this a first? Because that blew I, my mind. I don't think I've ever seen it before, but that is such a cool application to those powers. That is so cool. And I was so here for that. <laughs> and then Bishop's like, all right, let's go the blade. And... <laughs> <laughs> and Pyro's like, I'm not the blade, you're the blade. And he's like, man, I can't be blade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then they have not forgotten about Wilhelmina Kensington. Yeah, I was surprised. It seemed like her story arc was done. Yeah, yeah. yeah so she's, she's been cut off from her money thanks to Kilgore yep. and the rest of Verendi. They sent a Reaver to take her out. Callisto saves her. Yep. And then they're like, well, this is going to keep happening. Let's go hook you up with mask and give you a new face. Yeah. And then they don't show her new face. They just say, you know, you'll, you know, even your own mother wouldn't recognize you. (laughs) She's like, I pushed my mother out of a window. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. she wouldn't recognize me anyway. Yeah. Just the added girl. I only knew you for a few minutes, but I'm going to miss these exchanges. Good luck, kid. (laughs) So I I definitely thought that we were done with Wilhelmina before this. And we could Uh be done with her again. Like this seems like another place to like set her story. This Except, yeah, this this removes her from from Verindy's wrath. Yes, so like that closes that last little like loop. It could close a loop. However, the fact that we haven't seen her face mean makes me think that she could show up again as anybody, and mm-hmm. as the reader, we wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. So she's still blonde. So we do know that. Oh yeah. Okay. I've, so with mask. So I know he can. He has the mutant ability to rearrange, like your face and your skin yeah. and stuff. Can he change the color of your hair? I, th- I, I would assume so, just because he's done some wild ass shit to people. Like, and it's not just mm. your face. He, mm. I think he gave Callisto, Callisto tentacles for a while, like octopus tentacles instead of arms. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's there's all That's sorts. Really interesting. Yeah, that is such an interesting mutant power. Yeah. And then, oh, then you have Chantal going and uh, seeing Shaw because they were, they were, were they married or dating? I think they were dating. Okay. I'm just like, yeah, can, like, I'm, I am officially back. Uh, and he was like, I wish I could, you know, I would give you anything to get your, like, forgiveness. And she's like, no, but 
if you really want to give anything, give me your seat in in uh, in Hellfire." And he's just like, "All right, <laughs> take it." <Yeah. laughs> like what? <laughs> And and that was not the deal between her and Emma. Emma was trying no, to give she her was Emma's to take seat. Emma's, yeah. She, Emma was trying to have fewer things on her plate. Yeah, and so she's now the new black queen yeah. of the Hellfire Club. But uh, interestingly, yeah, Shaw is still on the council. Like yep. I feel, I feel like that table, that desk, those three seats were yep. the Hellfire seats. Yeah, if he's not going to be the black king. He's still shot, and now they're all in deep enough on the secrets that they they don't really have. And that's what I'm curious about. Like yeah. with the timing on this, how does like where is that in terms of Emma spilling the beans? It's not going to be a rotating position on the council. Like, yeah. So, yeah. So Shaw still has a seat on the council, and so whenever Emma does this, like mental, like up date uh yeah. it's still within the council but then let's see uh, next and scene. so they're like oh. yeah shaw is definitely planning something so we'll keep that on the back burner mm-hmm. and and then we get more more sort of turnover within the marauders and the hellfire trading company pyro's leaving to go on a book tour because he writes romance novels now <laughs> Bobby <laughs> and Christian Frost are going on a vacation and Christian says I'm going to come back with my own mutant name. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But, it, but he also says not the one that that dad gave me or something. Not I the think one that, that was means given Chris, to me. I think that just means Christian Frost. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Bobby's off fighting ice giants for fun just to Bobby's see what he can Niflheim. do. Bobby's in Niflheim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he is handling them he's just like send the ones that fought Thor because he's just (laughs) he's manhandling these frost giants and they're like we are the ones that fought (laughs) Thor and you're just like bro like yeah and it's Iceman so like he gets a little bit of leeway but this is legitimately what they were doing that I complained about the first Uh four issues of Uh X-Men of just like they are power setting these mutants beyond I mean any other character in the Marvel universe they at this are point. that they have always been that powerful like <laughs> like yeah but ah, it's it's I don't know the the other times that it has happened it's been to a point of exhaustion and now yeah. they're just like well now I'm serious yeah. and like I think that's kind of the like offset for me yeah is that now just like yes they've always been this powerful but but like when they had to be or like when they pass out afterwards now it's just like well now i'm just going to go for a jog and take i can easily take over an entire realm if i wanted to (laughs) it's like okay okay (laughs) but whatever it's not it's not that big of a deal it's going to have some sort of payoff later we'll see and then the final is this final. Uh, one of the final things is Emma going to uh, the Cuckoos, the five who are one. Yep. yep. And, and she gives them like, her seat. She's like, "Hey, uh, you guys offered once, and I wasn't ready because I was grieving. But I would like to take up your offer now on taking my seat on the council." Yeah. What? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they've got a great conversation here. They're like, we accept, 
in no small part because we want to spend some time in your shoes to figure out how to not become you. <laughs> and she gives them a sour uh, Emma gives them a sour look and the cookers are like uh, you shouldn't think such things mother unless you want the entire world to uh, to have an image to in picture their heads. you in sweatpants picture you in sweatpants <laughs> <laughs> it's great oh it's so good and then and Just Emma's like, oh man Oh, it's such a good exchange. And then at the end, it's like, uh, she says, uh, well, this was really wonderful, kids. I was afraid that you were going to end up doing a hostile takeover on me someday. (laughs) Yeah. And, but so this is her stepping down from the council, which means it's definitely after. No, the, the, the seat on the Hellfire Trading Company, right? Not the council. No, this is, I thought this was the council. Oh, white queen, white queen of hellfire trading. Yeah, sorry, but then, but then the next scene is seemed to, I don't know. It was framed like she was stepping away from the council. Also, hmm. like the scene where it's just monologue, and it's like I was trying to do too much and not do any of it as well as I could. But I've had a change of mind, and not everyone shall enjoy it, but I will. And it had that like face of just like contempt from sinister, and her smiling as she like huh. starts to walk away. But no, you're right. The the cuckoos are taking over the white queen position of Hellfire. But I'm curious what she's doing with the council because this is this is a this is a much more peaceful Emma <laughs> than yeah. the scorned Emma at the end of Inferno. I'm expecting her to stay, but I guess we'll find out. Yeah, and it was, but like, well, okay, yeah, because it's kind of odd. Because then, because uh, it's bookmark, it's bookended by um, the letter from Shaw to House Black, which is the like you know his arms of Hellfire, and yeah. he's saying, you know, I'm still going to be on the council or whatever. But so I guess it's all from the perspective of Hellfire. It's just weird that Emma was like reporting to the council that she's leaving Hellfire. I don't think they need to know, like, right. In that setting, I don't know. It's yeah. a nitpicky thing. It's not a big deal. Then, so yeah, there's his public email. There's his email to Shinobi. And then there's his email to Lordis, where he's basically pitting them against each other. Yeah. So we don't <laughs> have to wait long for the, the confirmation that he truly is planning some shit. Yep. See where that goes. And then the final scene yeah. is a doozy. Yep. Basically, it's sorry, it's at the Baxter building and Reed Richards is hanging out. And he's like, you know, my it's 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 weird that someone gets this far into my lab without tripping the alarms. And it's Kate. And it's and she's like, Well, you know, I can phase and I was trained by a ninja, so yeah, that checks out. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but uh she's like, Hey, I have these two Krakoa gate plants. I'd like you to take a look at it so that I can uh to try to figure out why I can't phase. And Reed is like, sure, but like, I kind of need something from you. And she's like, what? And he's just like, I need whatever was taken from me. I need what was taken from me uh, by Charles Xavier. And what that was, was the little gadget that he made to completely erase the mutant gene from a person that he did, that he had was designing for uh, Franklin. Yeah. Which he's no longer a mutant anyway. Right. 
psionically. He just wanted to be one, and so he became one. Right. <laughs> but like when Charles and Magneto found out about that, they went and visited him and just completely erased that from his memory. Wild. And removed his ability to come up with removed his ability to cross those dots or cross yep. those T's and dot those I's again. So I don't know how Kate's going to do this, but. Well, she, she pulls out some like Krakoan flower things. So I'm assuming that that would be a, a sort of like restorative thing, or maybe it oh, even just I, contains the memory. I thought those were the, the gates. The oh, gate you could be totally right. She, yeah, because she just says, I want to use the Kirkon Gates. And he says, I want something too. I want to know. I need the knowledge that was chiseled and stolen from my mind by Charles. And she says, I think maybe we can help each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the Marauder's title is still going after this. Yeah. Uh, we'll see where it goes. But man, what an interesting and fun title this has been. Yeah. New Mutants. Okay, so yeah. yeah, so next issue is New Mutants number twenty-four, which is uh, basically really just the epilogue to Empire Epilogue. Full-on epilogue. Yeah, we it was the the full climax the last couple issues. So yeah, Vidayala is still writing, but Rod Rice yeah. is is not it's a doing different the artist art. now. Yeah, yeah. So I have a question. So because yeah, it. So it, it the first page ha- starts with Magic and uh, Richter talking at the at the bar. Yeah, has Magic ever had a love interest storyline? Because I know, like for a long time, she was a child. So like definitely not, but like post Inferno, no. I don't think th- so. I think the closest she ever got was with um, <laughs> with Kitty Pride. And that was more platonic, but in in the way that everyone in in Claremont's books are horny for each other, right? There's could, there's that like there there's all there's always subtext. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got you. Okay. Uh, I was trying to think of that like while I was uh, reading. I was like, wait, does she have like a traditional that, partnering? Like, no. Yeah, that like love interest that she could have this like random like history or drama with. And yeah, I didn't think she ever had, but yet maybe she will soon because <laughs> they've been they've they've been letting her be such a badass on yeah. Krakoa that like maybe that'll give us an opportunity to see like different aspects of because we never even see like Il- Ileana every time she's used it's for like this war captain team leader type yeah. stuff. And like we don't see like Ileana just chilling. It would be cool to see her hook up with with somebody who isn't super militaristic. Mm-hmm. You know, like the obvious pairing for a lot of these characters is like, oh, you are I finally met my match in battle and you know, I've fallen for <laughs> right. you, blah, blah, blah. But it would be cool if she she like hooked up with like gold balls or like eye boy or you know <laughs> yeah. somebody with much less uh like if doug wasn't married you know like <laughs> yeah yeah that'd be fun yeah anyway just a random thought as we go through this yeah so she does actually bring up an interesting point in this first page of just mm-hmm. like why don't we have like a language or like why how yeah. have mutants 
fought for and existed this long and we don't have anything that's like mutant. Yeah. <laughs> that's like ours. I'm like, yeah. oh, damn. I mean, except Dude. for the spark, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, they just don't have the thing. And so it was uh, interesting. I think it's a little weird to use Ileana for that thought process, but that's fine. I don't, yeah. I don't mind. It's, I, it, the question is much more distracting from the feel of her. <laughs> yeah. We jump from that into rain yeah. kind of processing all the trauma that she's been through. And, and then Danny coming to her and they mm-hmm. finally have their big reconciliation. They call each other soulmates. I think that's a mostly platonic term for them. It feels like it. It's, like they they never yeah. kiss, but right. like and and it's just been because like Danny's like one of the early applications of Danny's powers was animal telepathy. Oh uh, yeah, and so it was like the only thing that could reach Rain when she'd gone too far into wolf form, and mm. and so yeah. It's because so they've always had this sort of like special bond between the two of them, like a Got the it. same kind of psychic rapport that like Scott and Jean have, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and so she's kind of just racked with. It's not even just guilt, but just like having a child and then watching it get killed by a yeah. teammate, and yeah. <laughs> and then trauma. <laughs> this stuff with uh with Shadow with Farouk. And Gabby and like being a tool to kill Gabby and yep. like all this and Danny's like and Danny's still there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's that conversation about like they have this, they used to have this like uh soulmate telepathic bond. Yeah. And then she was like, <laughs> Rain's like, we don't have that anymore. And and Danny's like, well, you died. <laughs> that was a little tough to keep up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, damn, <laughs> such a different life. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they have they have a really nice uh reconciliation, which bleeds right into being there with Cosmar and taking her to Majapur yes. to go and see Mask. Yes. To have him help her fucking change how she looks. And and she she gets a great, you know, like little monologue from Danny because again, Danny is just this character who's like, you know, you asked me to be your opponent in the crucible, and I thought I knew what was best for you then in terms of like accepting who you are, mm-hmm. the body that you have versus like doing what you need to do to make yourself feel better and more whole. But like, I'm listening to you now and let's, let's actually do the work to help you out. And mask, they walk in the mask and uh, Cosmar is, you know, very sheepish and, and mass is like, no, no, no. You have a very clear vision for yourself. It's shining right through the surface. And we do get to see the sort of end result later. And she still looks like Cosmar. She's not she as does. like, you know, she's not turned all the way back into a sort of like passing human appearance. Mm-hmm. She she's still you know she has got the purple skin. She yep. just she's the the right. So when her power manifested, like the right side of her body got really warped, 
Yeah. And so like her, her right eye is giant, takes up like a half yeah. of her head. Yeah. Her mouth is really huge. Her right She still has braces like, though. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, her right arm girl. is super scaly and large. Yeah. And so she basically like balances herself out. But yeah, just oh, ma- <laughs> like, so I, I haven't seen Mask until the Krakoa times. And so like, we first see him when Callisto goes and gets him when he's playing golf and he's like this like yeah. grumpy, sarcastic yeah. guy. You were having a great time with this. I was like, cool. I don't, whatever this mask character is cool. Let's just roll yep. with it. And then they find his like quote unquote purpose at, in, at the hospital in Magiport to like help people who have like scars that they're really ashamed of, yada, 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 beautiful application of his powers. And he, it, it and like when he, when we first saw that payoff he kind of got the look on his on his face of just like oh i can actually do some good here and like he's he's like finding his new like beneficial purpose and then so and then you have this and it's just like she's like hello mask and you know like they said this this the next one's going to be hard shining right through the surface let's see if we can't help you help you see what we see yeah and like that is one of the most like uplifting, supportive sentences yeah. you can possibly tell someone right. who is like struggling with confidence. Yeah, and it's beautiful. That messed me up. I read <laughs> that while on lunch, sitting oh. at a restaurant, and I was like, "Don't cry, don't, don't, <laughs> <laughs> man, that fucked me up." Because like, I'm party to these kinds of conversations a lot in the mm. like when you're tangentially involved with like the LGBTQ yep. like, Absolutely. society and like yep. from the, from the few years that I worked at uh, wildcat, just like these kinds of conversations are happening all the time. And then having mask just yeah. so amazingly just drop this line. Just, yep. Oh man, that got me. That absolutely got me. Oh, great. And then so, and that's when I texted you and I was just like, how dare they, (laughs) how dare they make me feel my feels in this damn book? And then I wrote back another five minutes later and I was like, oh, it was all a preamble because then we get another scene of just the most (laughs) heart wrenching. (laughs) I know. Feels all up in this freaking book. So many feels. (sighs) So Anyway, so we get, so we have Cosmar's thing, and then yep. we go from there into Jimmy and Johnny, into Jimmy being called out by John. This is, and we've we've been we've talked about this ever yes. since, ever since Testament of Magneto or Trial of Magneto. Yeah, uh, just like holy crap, they brought back, they brought, they brought back, back Thunder. Thunder. They brought back Thunderbird, John Proudstar. Yeah. Who's been dead for like 60 years canonically (laughs) (laughs) or like our perspective, 60 years. And it's his big brother. And then like, and, and Jimmy has grown like a head taller. (laughs) And so much. Yeah. Not just as a character, although he has grown exponentially as a character and he's become (laughs) this, he had this amazing arc from just being so bitter and angry at, at, you know, because he started out as one of the Hellions. Like, he could very easily be hanging out with Beef and Bevatron and Empath mm-hmm. and Cat's Eye and Jetfire and Roulette and Tarot. God, I can't believe <laughs> I just named them all. 
Jetstream, not Jetfire. But yeah, so he could be there, but he's got other things going on because he's done the work. You know, mm-hmm. he's he he his whole arc all through X Force for a hundred issues was just like growing and changing and and being at home with himself and and growing up and and that's you know through new mutants he's been this mentor figure and just this absolute protective beast for these kids <laughs> and now he's he he gets his closure he gets reunited with his brother mm-hmm. to be oh to be extra clear on the weight of the scene uh right before we have a journal entry yeah that i completely skipped over but i feel like i should talk about this is a journal entry from warpath from jimmy and one of the questions is right about one of your most treasured memories and it's from when he was a kid with john they went fishing and he fell into the water and thought he was going to die and and then he felt john's arm around him and then he just felt completely at peace and like that's one of his like most treasured memories of just being in big brother john's arms and being saved by him just twisting the knife (laughs) right and then yeah and then you turn the page and you see john still in his thunderbird outfit so like he clearly went from the resurrection straight over to go and find jimmy yeah like he hasn't it, this isn't a day later yeah <laughs> or you know anything like that and so he shows up and he's just like um why weren't you at my resident how were you not the first person i saw when i was brought back yeah little little, little brother jimmy and he was like I, I i was i was i was trying to make i was trying to i was trying to make this place perfect for when you got here and i just i just it's not ready yet and and he's like no well first of all bullshit so um, yeah. what is really the reason why you weren't there and then and jimmy just like big muscly man just falls apart and he's yeah. just like i and, i failed you yeah oh he's like and, what <laughs> And also in in this hug and this embrace between them, we see that not only has James grown so much as a character, he is a head taller than his brother now. Like he's the little, Mm -hmm. he's the younger brother and he's, I don't know, it's just a very great visual metaphor there. Mm -hmm. He's like, I failed you. I, I didn't avenge you. Yeah. And then John's like, listen, I've heard about all of your exploits. Yeah. There's no, I'm so proud of you. Are you kidding yeah. me? He's like, he's <laughs> like, you've carried so much. Let me, let me carry the load for a little while. He's like, just rest. Like, oh, it's beautiful. Fuck off, dude. Yeah. Come on. That one, that one got <laughs> that me. That just, ah, it was just, a, it was a one, two punch, two piece combo straight to the gut. Yeah. Ugh. Damn. <sighs> And then we go back, we circle back to uh, Eliana hanging out with uh, good old Richter. Yeah. Blob delivers a a great line. Yeah. Basically every mutant has PTSD. (laughs) Right. Like Like, that's why my bar is so good. (laughs) Checks out. (laughs) (laughs) But then, yeah. And so, and Julio, or Julio, yeah. His name is Julio. But Richter talks about when like he thought there was, you know, there was a time where he thought that his power was going to go out of control yep. and, you know, how he felt back then. And then Madeline Pryor in her Goblin Queen outfit, because that's her mutant outfit for whatever reason. I hope she gets a new one soon. <laughs> nope. Just, <laughs> just underwear. 
goes and sits underwear and a cape. Yep. <laughs> goes and sits at the bar, and Ileana's like, "Yeah, I should probably go talk to her." And you're like, "Ah, oh, <laughs> it's Inferno! It's Inferno!" Yep. <laughs> Just oh, oh my gosh. I have to see where this goes. I have to see where this goes. Uh, well, we have the Snicked family reunion here. The Snicked family gets comes back together. And basically, Daken and Laura, X-23 slash Wolverine, get to console Gabby on like, hey, we if we'd have known, we'd have been there for you. I'm sorry we weren't. And she's like, no, it's cool. I'm glad that we're all... We're all family, not because we're related, but because we love each other. Yeah. Because, like, they're genetically related. But that's, right. But they're not, like, oh, man. The, the fact that the there only one of them can who... be a distinction between genetically and biologically related is, like, this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dakin is the only birth child of yep. Wolverine. <laughs> Even then, he was cut out, right? He yeah, did. he was removed from his mother's womb. Yeah. And it, it was just was his healing killed. factor that <laughs> <laughs> that saved him. Yeah. Gods, Ta- yeah, yeah. Mutants have trauma. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good lord. Good lord. And they are all in the crowd together to see the rebirth or the new body for Martha Johansson. No girl. No, no girl. Longer. Right, and it's so one. It's how she saw herself in yeah. the uh, astral plane last issue against yep. Shadow King, but also like she's always been a brain in a jar, and like yeah, and 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 Storm talks about it in her like presentation of No Girl yeah. or her new name's uh, Cerebella, uh, her her new chosen mutant name, but like they've always just they've never. They've always accepted for her that this is her situation. <laughs> but then, you know, you get to Kroko, and I'm sure somebody in the writer's room was like, yo, yeah. <laughs> now that we have this resurrection cue, can we not, like, do something for her? Can we please oh, give Martha a body? Can, yo, can, Vita, check this out. <laughs> yeah. But she wants, when she does, you know, she requests a body with no hair and a transparent top half of her skull so that everybody sees the brain so that we you just give give kind of like homage to where she came from kind of yeah thing. exactly she looks like she looks like a dragon ball z android now yeah she looks like android 23 <laughs> now can i just go on a, a short rant here please martha was never supposed to be no girl oh really i think so no girl was so we were first introduced to Martha and the concept of no girl pretty much like simultaneously, right? It was during Grant Morrison's run. Zorin was teaching his special class that included Basilisk, Angel, Salvatore, Beak, Glob Herman, like all of the screw up, like weird kids, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe Glob wasn't there, but a bunch of just like, it was like basically mutant special ed. And they were in this like remedial class and they kept trying to pull pranks and and Martha was there too. And they kept trying to pull pranks on Zorn saying like, Hey teacher, no girl says this, no girl says that. And the joke Mm -hmm. was that there, there wasn't actually any such mutant as no girl, but Uh, how would you know? Cause mutant powers are so ridiculous. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. And and then uh, oh, and Ernst was there too. And then Martha didn't have a code name, and and they kind of conflated the two characters. And they said, "Oh, Martha's no girl." But I think it's much funnier. <laughs> If there's actually no girl. <laughs> if there's actually no girl. Mm-hmm. But that's fine. I'm really happy for Martha. I'm stoked for her to get a body. She goddamn deserves it. Absolutely. And Sarah Bella, cool name. It is a cool one. Yeah. Uh, and so then you get a little two-page splash of just like re- re- the, the, the epilogue of the issue. <laughs> uh-huh. Of just everyone coming back together. John and Jimmy having their time at a campfire catching up. The kids, uh, the lost coming back together with their with Cosmar new new body, Sarah Bella in her new body. Uh Karma's making out with her new her new bow. Her lady friend. Yep. Mm-hmm. Everyone's kind of got a, a full arc, a character resolution, not just a climax, but a completion here. Mm-hmm. It's not something you get a lot in comics, and I'm really, really <laughs> happy for it. Yeah, Havoc and, and and Madeline being awkward and then Ileana either watching or getting ready to approach Madeline. Yeah. And then the second to last scene is uh, what Farouk wants to do. Yeah. And them kind it of seems saying like goodbye to him. He's joining up with the Legion of X, right? They're saying he gets... He wants to help Legion with his new thing going yeah. on. Yeah. Which is very interesting. Very interesting. And yeah, they go to give him their blessing. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I mean, it's I mean, the kind of the black and white of it is like, we've been presented with this idea that Amal Farouk is the victim. Yeah. And Shadow King, the entity Shadow King is the one that's been doing all this bad stuff. And so when you're the vessel of the bad stuff... <laughs> Mm-hmm. what what now <laughs> you got yeah. rid of the you got rid of the bad stuff so who or what is amal farouk now so right shadow king has a history with rain and danny and and shan and so they kind of not like give their blessing of send off but just kind of say goodbye as yeah. he goes to join to join uh david holler and yeah we'll see and then it just it ends with two cells of <laughs> of Ileana and Madeline and Ileana just being like, "Hey, I wanted to uh, I wanted to talk to you about something," and she's like, "What?" And she's like, "How would you like a shot at getting everything you ever wanted?" What is that supposed to mean? The fuck is that supposed to mean? I mean, we already had. A, a little mini story, mini series, a little story here called Inferno. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see where that goes. I don't know, man. Yeah. We'll see. Because it just says to be continued. <laughs> okay. I'm like, all right, bitch. Fine. Don't tell me. Right. Secrets, wizard. <laughs> <laughs> And then the final issue for today's episode is X-Men number six. Yeah. Yeah. There's 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 multiple plots here, but the main plot <laughs> is the introduction of this new mutant coming out of Krakoa uh, named Captain Krakoa. Yep. 
It's the big question of like, who the fuck is this guy? Yep. Going um, around doing chis- heroic He's got things. a chiseled jawline. He flies. Yeah. He's got like Krakoan t- tentacles coming out of his like gauntlets that he's got. Yeah. And this, the rest of his face totally masked. Can't see the identity. Yeah. It's a white guy though. It's a white guy with a chiseled jawline. Yep. And yeah, like saves a kitten, hangs out with Spider-Man, does all the standard superhero things. Yeah. So I'm going to, so the other, the B plot of this issue, I really like. And so yeah. let's, let's go deep save on that all then. of it. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll save all of that for after we cover the Captain sure. Krakoa thing. Yeah, that's fine. There's not much with the Captain Krakoa thing. Yeah, it's really not. So, <laughs> uh, so Captain Krakoa, we find out, holy crap, it's actually Scott Summers. Yep. And so, image in, in an image inducer. Right. Which we haven't seen in quite some time. Yeah. <laughs> So over the span of a week, <laughs> Scott Summers had a very public death. Yeah. And because of the way he died, they can't just bring him back, even though they right. do. But Cyclops can't come back. And so Cyclops's position on the X-Men, which is the public relations team, yep. is replaced by Captain Krakoa, a brand new mutant no one's ever heard of. Right. And he seems to be working solo compared to with yeah. the X-Men, but whatever. Maybe that's just to kind of bolster his reputation in the public eye first. Or, I don't right. know. So now, so it's just, it's so strange, but yeah. yeah. So Cyclops like has a whole fight with the, There's week. a whole fight with the council about it. It seems like he wants yeah. to go public with the fact that they have resurrection and he's being. Right. It He got, compl- he got 10 to 10 to zero to one. Yeah. Uh, voted. Yeah, that yeah, something we don't know what, but I would assume yeah. that that's it. You see, it starts that scene starts with you can't make me take Captain Krakoa onto the X Men. That's my call, right? And the council seems to be working against him on this, and they all vote that the X Men get Captain Krakoa. And Captain Krakoa is weird until you think of Captain America, like, right? It's it's Captain a weird, America is also weird. Name. Let's be real. <laughs> it is. It is. Because like it, it's weird when you come at it from Krakoa's perspective of just like we have a new mutant. His name is Captain Krakoa. Yeah. As opposed to like every other time you get introduced to a different nation's version of Captain America. Yeah. It's it's this nation's Captain America. <laughs> yeah. So like you know like Red Guardian or right. other people who I refuse to spend time trying to figure out. And so, like, it's weird when it's it. This isn't Krakoa's Captain America. His name is actually <laughs> Captain Krakoa. Yeah, <laughs> but whatever. So, yeah. So, so resurrected Scott is not happy about it, but also resurrected Scott knows that freaking Ben Urich knows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that the mutants have figured out resurrection. So like there's a shrine to Captain to the there's a shrine to Cyclops because yeah. he died so publicly. Yeah. The interesting part that made me actually say out loud, oh yeah. shit. Yeah. I said well shit, but yeah. <laughs> Cyclops call so Scott yeah. calls up Ben Yurick and he's like Anonymously. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, Mr. Yurick, I'm a friend of Scott Summers. The Cyclops guy. Uh, he told me about the story you're working on about the mutants, the one about that could win you the Pulitzer. I have some things to say and was wondering if we could meet to discuss the matter. So it, it kind of feels like yeah. he's going to be like this anonymous whistleblower. Right. Yep. Krakoa. Yep. And Ben Yurik is there. He's like, I would 
really like that a lot if I knew what you were talking about. He's like, and believe me, I remember writing a big Pulitzer-worthy story. Tomorrow's edition is exact, isn't exactly investigative journalism because uh, it talks about the B-plot. I've never met your friend Cyclops, but he seemed like a good guy. My condolences to you. Hello? Are you still there? Yeah. Scott, Scott hangs up. So, so there are a few things that could be happening here. Excuse them. Yeah. So, yeah. So now I have no idea if this is an Orcus plot or if it's a fucking quiet council plot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> number one and probably the most likely is psychics, right? Yes. They just. it's They're too powerful. They're too powerful. They just wiped the story out of his head. Um, but, but as we talked about literally last issue. Yeah. He, ben Urich is a reporter through and through. He's got yeah. a paper trail. Right. So whoever wiped it from his mind also wiped the paper trail. Right. Supposedly. Because Supposedly. if this planted the seed for him to go and search and he goes and finds his secret storage right. notes, yeah. then okay, fine. Okay. But like to the best of our knowledge, yeah. his paper trail has been dealt with and yep. his mind has been dealt with. Yep. Who on the Quiet Council deals in paper trails? I'll tell you, no one. <laughs> so, like, you get like trinary is, in to, to 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 like destroy his. But, but Ben always Ben's a pen pen That's and pad. True. Yep, uh, reporter. He's in the lab. Trinary is not pad. Pad. Yes, <sighs> <laughs> trying to get the stamp story off. Oh my god, dude! And so, wow, nice. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, psychics is one, two. Was the story spiked and he's kind of like saying this to cover for himself? Like, is mm-hmm. is there some sort of, you know, editorial meddling or, or it's something going on that – because, like, he also would have lost his knowledge, his memory of, like, what he's been doing all this time working on, right? He's right. got another story going – like, all of the people who he's worked with or talked to about this story, like – contacts with Orcus, like nothing, none of that is following through. So Mm. it could still be psychics, but like these are ways to poke holes in a story, which is not generally something I try and do, but I'm just trying to get a sense of what's going on here because there are other possibilities. It could have been an imposter that Cyclops talked to. Oh, shit. Mm. Or even that Orcus talked to. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So many questions. I so many questions. Know. I must know. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. I, I, they're, they're clearly, this is a main plot line. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see where this goes. Well, yeah. <laughs> we'll have plenty of time to, to see where this goes. Well, you want to talk yeah. about the B-plots from this issue? So B-plot is this, uh, what is it, Shen Long or whatever? Fei Long. Long. <laughs> <laughs> there's this, there's, okay, I have to go on a little tangent here. Have you heard of Shen Yun? It, it no. might be just a New York thing, although I've seen advertisements for it elsewhere. But it's like this like dance show of like Chinese traditional Chinese dance, but the tagline tagline is like China before communism, and it's got this real like it it it's it's headed up by one of these like very anti Chinese organizations out there and and it's like mm. basically a fundraising arm for like an anti-china group i have no doubt that the i'm sure this show is amazing and beautiful and high production values that but the advertisements are everywhere mm. and just like literally everywhere 
in in New York and you know billboards and f- posters and and advertisements when you're watching Hulu just like all sorts of stuff. So <laughs> this is ridiculous. Um, so when after the end or, or not the end of the pandemic, the pandemic isn't over, but as you know, things started to open up after like the lockdown, the worst of things, you know, uh, during lockdown, like no more ads ads. And then later as things started to reopen and, and, you know, it was, uh, more like people were going out and doing things again. We started seeing the Shenyin ads again and we're like, life is returning to the world. Like the world is reaching like a <laughs> level of normal normalcy. And now like, I, I tend to say the same things about spring, you know, like it's, you wouldn't know this living in, in Santa Barbara, but we have this thing called seasons here. And so for half, of, um, you know, for I've several months, yeah, yeah. For several months out of the year, like everything's dead, right? Like not dead, but dormant. There's no leaves. There's no anything else. And then like, it's spring now, so so things are starting to bloom. We like go out, and, you know, see all the buds on the trees, and it's like very exciting because it's just like such a burst of color after after so many months without. And I always say to Rachel, "Life is returning to the world," and she replies to me, "Shen Yun." <laughs> wow. Anyway. And you got to this because I said Shen Long instead of yes. instead of Fei Long. I don't okay. know, man. This is which is hilarious because for me, Shen Long is the Mortal... name of the dragon from Dragon Ball Z. Oh, that's right, Dragon Ball Z, not Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat is Shao Kahn. Shao Kahn. There were... <laughs> wow, full game of telephone over here. It's like that. It's like that uh, that meme that's on like Twitter or Reddit or something where somebody leaves a comment, like somebody makes a malapropism and then somebody or somebody says something and then you make a comment that's a malapropism of it, like, uh, oh no, and the, it just keeps going forever. Mm-hmm. I, I'll have to find a good example. They're very funny. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Tangent over. So Fei Long. Let's talk about fucking X-Men. So Fei Long is traveling to Phobos, one of the moons of Mars. Yeah. And he is claiming Phobos in the name of humanity. And he is basically, he's basically un like actually technologically unhinged Elon Musk. <laughs> yes. Is how you can describe <laughs> Fei Long. Elon Musk, but like effective. <laughs> Right. That's why I, it's guess, technologically I guess people who are really into this stuff are like, okay, SpaceX has done some interesting things, but like, I don't want to give him credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, his comedy is not his ideas. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So he gets to, he gets yeah. to, that's Phobos. it. Fei Long is, is the guy who all of Elon Musk's fans think Elon Musk is. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He gets to Phobos, lands, and immediately is greeted by Sunfire. And Sunfire is like, hi, welcome to Arako. Time to go back to Earth. <laughs> and Phalong is like, that's cute. No, I'm staying here. Thanks. Have a good day. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> and then relations get screwed because, because Vornak yeah, so, from so Arako. The Iraqis see this and they're like, cool, things to fight. 
because that's <laughs> how they are. And the you know they create a new throwaway character named Vor Vornak, who you know introduced to be a total badass, and then he's just absolutely destroyed in an instant by Phalong, just to, just to show how powerful Phalong is. Yeah, Phalong unhinges his jaw like a python and shoots out a giant green fire that just vaporizes Vornak within yep. a frame. Yep. Um, and leaves only his legs yep. and hand. Yep. Which Sunfire's like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so he finishes vaporizing the rest of Vornak because he doesn't want Phalong to have any uh, mutant genetic sample is the idea in my head. But... It turns out he has it anyway because Nightcrawler's right. corpse is still on that moon right. yeah. from when it got uh, when he got it uh, or when Cortez amplified Lost's powers to send it crashing into into yeah and then and then amplified Kurt to uh, say yeah. to bamf it back so yep. within uh, within a few days he has fully colonized Phobos <laughs> yeah, with a bunch of tech. And it has become a tech moon. And one of the things is basically think of like how the Cree created the blue area of the moon on Earth. Right. Phalong has created the red area of Phobos. Yeah. It's got a full, fully integrated Dyson ring. It's got a, it's a, it's yeah. a, the whole greenhouse over the entire. It's got a greenhouse, Dyson ring. He found a dead body of Nightcrawler and has that. In his little trophy room collection, yeah. he's studying Nightcrawler. And he's like, Operation Phobos has been a big success. Yeah. And he's been working with Orcus. And um, we'll see where that goes. But anyway, the um, the non-investigative journalism that tomorrow's paper is going to be that Yurik is writing is about that. Yeah. It's about the human occupation of Phobos. <sighs> What what uh, and that and that is that, my That's friends, it. is Trials Volume Ten. What a week! What a week, man! Just like major storylines ending with character-specific plots starting to yeah roll forward. Yeah. So next episode, we are continuing this. We're finishing off Trials. We're yep. continuing this month of X, and we're doing Trials Eleven and Twelve. Which have some interesting titles yep. uh, in here. X Men, uh, the Sabretooth series is starting. We've got a one shot yeah. called Secret X Men. Yeah. We, we've got the X Men Devil's Reign tie in, which you've mm-hmm. already read. And that, so, so the Devil's Reign tie in had Captain Krakoa. Oh, okay. And that's what I found out about that I just couldn't say anything about. Ah, fair. <laughs> <laughs> and then, sorry, two issues of X-Men, seven and eight. And we also have uh, Marauder's Annual number mm-hmm. one, which mm-hmm. uh, it's, we've got some different characters on the cover there. Oh, I don't see the, I don't see the cover of that. I'm, I'm looking at the Amazon entry. Yeah. So I just see the list of issues that are in the books. Yeah. But I, the, I see the covers of the books. But yeah, so this will be, this will be, so this will be kind of light for me. Because yeah. I've read three of the nine issues that are here. Right. But this will be fun. It'll be yeah. cool because you'll have read totally. now Devil's Reign X-Men. Yeah. Um, which will be pre- pretty fast. Because I, I skipped over it pretty quick anyway. Right. But I'm interested for Sabretooth because... Me too. In we have three Pox, issues of Sabretooth here. Yeah. In Hawks and Pox, Sabretooth was the first one to be sent to the pit. 
Right. So are we finding but, out so what's is going this on be in, set the pit? in the is pit? He, yeah. Or is he returning? We have other characters in the pit now. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. oh, give it to me. I'm so ready. Yeah. I'm so ready for this. I'm I'm just, I'm so curious. But yeah, this whole thing is going to start with X-Men number seven. So maybe we'll get some more Ben Yurik stuff. Right. I'm curious what the secret X-Men is. Me too. We've got, we've already got a Hellions and an X-Force. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Two off the book teams. Yeah. So uh, this will be fun. I'm I'm excited. So next week is finishing off trials because it's only air quotes uh, parentheses only twelve volumes of trials. Yeah. And so we're gonna be finishing that off, and then after that, we're doing lives and X lives and X deaths of Wolverine. Yep. Which honestly, I'm not amped about, but we'll see how it goes. Me neither, just because it's written by the same guy who's doing Wolverine and X-Force, but yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe he's so, saving yeah, all so. his juice for the for the big event thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this will be fun. Gosh, I guess with that, Ben, wow. uh, let's just put the... Unless, do you have anything else you want to cover, talk about? Oh, I, I, I wanted to cover the placement of where the outro music might be. Oh, solid. Yeah, we should probably put the... I don't know. I feel like we should put the outro music, like, here. That works for me. Absolutely not. Have you met this man? (laughs) (laughs) I'll catch you later. Sounds good. Later on.